0: Alright, we'll say good morning. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Av, Max and Brenda Lapkowski in honor of Yitzchok Mayor's upcoming Bar Mitzvah, Riva Mitzner, in combination of the first-year outside of, of her father, Larry Schenk, Aryeh Ben Chaim, our week of learning sponsors, Mark and Sarah Meisler for the yard site of Mark's grandmother, Ann Altman, Chana Devorah Bas Yehuda, and Bill and Rezi Eskin, Lezecha Nishmas, Bill's father, Mordechai ben Dovid, on the 7th of Av, and Lezecha Nishmas, Rezi's mother, Sivya Bas Moshe Aaron, on the 8th of Av. And our Daph Yomi sponsors, Meish uh, and Devorah Werdersheim, incarnation of Devorah's father's yard site, and Leib ben Yosef, we hope that in the Torah, all of the Neshama an Aliyah and the families in the And I say with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf He. We actually have a really beautiful daf ahead of us today with some incredible yisodos. We are picking up on the bottom of Dalarama Beis 4b, and we are picking up at the two dots. So it is three, six lines up from the bottom. Just remember the Mishnah said, Remember the Mishnah said, if a sukkah, up until now we've primarily been focused on. The sukkah that is l'malam esrim amos higher than twenty amos. Right? Although we've spoken about the sukkah that's too short as well, but that's been our primary focus. Now we're switching gears a little bit and focusing on the sukkah that is less than ten tefachim higher. Remember again, just for our purposes. A tefach, we'll call it for illustration purposes today, just three inches, right? It's, it's really, it's mach, like, like like many of these shiurim, it's a machlokas if it's somewhere between three and four inches, but just for illustration purposes, we'll go with three inches. So a sukkah that is less than 10 tefachim high, 30 inches, 30 inches, ultimately, again, is not a sukkah, says the Gemara Minalan. How do you know? So we we'll say essentially what the Gemara is saying is as follows. That the minimum dimension of an acceptable wall is ten amas, uh, ten tfachim, excuse me. So where do we know that from? Where do we know that ten tfachim represents the minimum dimension of a wall? So the Gemara, in height, of course, I'm referring to. So Minalan, it's my rab, Rabbi Chani, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chaviva, so so will say so we learned Rav, Rabi Rav Yochanan Chaviva So says masnu says, whenever you see this group mentioned throughout seder moeid okay just a technical issue take Rav yochanan out of that list and instead insert Rav yonason fine We'll say, what do they say we'll alon tisha listen to this the Aron. The Ark, the Ark had a height of nine T'fachim, and the lid of the Aron was one tefach. So when you looked at the Aron in total, you had a total height of ten T'fachim. Of ten uksiv And I both say, why is this important? What does it say by the Aron? And I both say, what did it say by the Aron? By the aron, it said Hashem said, "I will become known to you there, and I will speak to you from on top of the Kaporah So, I we'll so remember again, the shechina, the shechina spoke, spoke to Moshe. Abenu, ultimately, again, from the top of the aron, really from between the kruvim, but from on top of the aron. Okay, now watch this. So, I we'll say, so there is going to be three steps to this. Step one. Step one. The total height of the aron ten tefachim. Right, the tenth faqim is comprised of ninth fakim of the height of the Aron itself, one tafak of the height of the lid. Okay, that's step one. Step two, the Shekhinah spoke from on top of the Aron. Okay. Step three, top of hey The tanya rabiosi omer, this is incredible. The olam lamata, the Never descended onto this world. The Shekhinah never descended. Ultimately, beneath the Aron, and Moshe Rabbeinu Eliezer Hanavi never went up to the heavens. Because the pasuk says. The heavens were given to the Ribano shalom, but the earth belongs to man. Shabbos says, so now, okay, so now let's analyze this Limur. So what the Gemara is suggesting is like this, total height of the Aaron, total height, total height, ten Tfachim, right? Nine of the backs, we'll call it, of the Aaron, one of the Lid. Step two, the Shekhinah spoke from on top of the Aaron, and step three is a principle we have. The principle is, the Shekhinah never came down to the earth and man never ascended to the celestial sphere that will say if you put all three of these things together you have like this if I know that the Shekhinah spoke from on top of the Aron, but I also know that ultimately again the, the Aron. but if I know that the Shekhinah spoke from the top of the Aron, but also that the Shekhinah never descended to the earth what does that tell me? what does that tell me? that 10 Fachim represents a barrier that 10th fucking represents the amount by which you go ahead and divide between two spaces. Take a look at the top Rashi. So on one hand you're telling me the Shekhinah never came down to the earth. On the other hand you're telling me that the Shekhinah came down to the top of the Aron. Therefore what do you see from this? Shema From here, you see that Tent Fachim represents a division between two areas. So when it says that the Shekhinah never came down to the earth, what does that mean? What does that mean? The Shekhinah never came within Tent Fachim of the earth. So what do you see from here? That Tent Fachim is the minimum measurement which demarcates between two areas. What's the job of a wall? the job of a wall is to demarcate between two areas. And we learn from here that what? The minimum height of a wall is 10 tfachim. Isn't this incredible what I'll say? So essentially, we learn that the minimum height for the wall of a sukkah, the minimum definition of a wall, the goal of a wall to demarcate between two areas is 10 based on the fact that the aron was 10 high, the Shechina spoke from on top of the aron and the Aron never came down, I'm sorry, and the Shekhinah never came down to the earth. The Shekhinah only went up until 10 Tfachim off the earth. Good. So the Gemara so we'll talk about this a little bit more. The Gemara says, By the way, is that true? The Lo Shekhinah never came down to the earth? What about the Pasek that says, V'ha Ksiv, HaShem What about the Pasek that says, HaShem It means the Shekhinah came down but the Shekhinah never came within ten tefachim of the earth itself. I Va omdu raglov bayomahu al harazesim. I but the Pasik says about and quotes from the pasuk in Zechariah. Ultimately, again, his feet will stand on that day on harazesim, which sounds like again the ribono shalom is standing on harazesim. Again, l'malam <speaking> yasar <stationary> Ultimately, again. Whenever it speaks of the Shekhinah coming down, Shekhinah comes down. But never within what? Never within what? Never within ten Tavach. I, I, I want to share with you something on this because th- this, this is an incredible Yisur. What this really represents is this idea that the, the Shekhinah comes down, but there's always a space. There's always a space. It's really, remember again, it's based on the Shamayim Hashem. So cool, I want to point out something absolutely amazing. That the Gemari here makes it like an unequivocal truth that the Shekhinah never comes I say, There, there are exceptions to this. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like, a lot of times it's we'll just a rule. The Shekhinah never comes within your except when? Except when? When it does. I'll say, and I'll give you two examples. The San the Divrei Chayim, says something absolutely beautiful. He says by Chameka, He says the mitzvah of Nerchanukah is to light the menorah again, we're not used to this because again, in the diaspora, the mitzvah changed over time and we light in our homes. So our goal is to light in a window that's, you know, facing Shushabim, but when you light, but in the real pure mitzvah, when you're lighting outdoors, not only are you lighting outdoors, you know, on the other side of the door of the mezuzah, but the mitzvah is to light lamato miyud, within ten tfachim. And the Sanzarav says, lemato miyud? It's so interesting. Why lemato miyud? Because Rebbe what's Chanukah? Chanukah represented a time of such oppression, spiritual oppression, physical oppression, and the Holy sort of Hanukkah is ultimately against shimcha lo na'atishkachenu that the Rebono shel olam is with us, even in the most difficult of times, and even... When lamata miyud, if we need the Shekhinah to come to us, lamata miyud, the Shekhinah comes. We dafka light in their Hanukkah, lamata miyud, to show us that Shekhinah, I know you say that you never go lamata miyud. You never go lamata miyud. But sometimes in life, I am so down and out. Sometimes in life, I'm so broken. Sometimes in life, I'm so compromised. Sometimes in life, I'm so lamata miyud. I need you to come with me. I need you to come get me. I need you to come save me. And when you need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to come l'mat amiyud, he comes l'mat amiyud. So there's a rule. <laughs> there's a rule. Li <laughs> olam l'yardah Shekhinah l'mat shekhinah never goes l'mat except when you need him to. So, yeah. We'll say one other example of this. You know, the Rambam in Hilchos Tshuva. Then we really have to get back to that. The Rambam in Hilchos This is in Parak Gimel. This is in Parekh Gimel of Hilchos Tshuva, which is really quite an amazing, uh, an amazing gimara. Sorry, a great, amazing Rambam. So the Rambam here talks about the idea, this is in at Gimel Gibel in Ilkhos Chuva. So the Rambam speaks about, again, a being a Tzadik, a Rasha, or a Benoni. In the Maimodian model, it's very simple. A Tzadik, is, everything is a, if is a din in majorities. You're a Tzadik if you have a majority of mitzvahs. You're a Rasha, a chasson, if you have a majority of Abeiros, And you're a Benoni if your scales are exactly equal. So the Rambam says as follows, he says, If a person is a benoni, literally, scales are exactly equal, they suspend his judgment until Yom Kippur. If a person does tshuva, tshuva tilts the scales and he's inscribed for life. However, again, But if not, he is inscribed for death. So the commentaries on the Ramam ask a simple question. I don't understand. If I'm a benoni, if I'm a benoni, and I don't do anything. I do nothing. I'm a Benoni, I do nothing. Why? So remember, see what the Raman says? If you're a Benoni, and you don't do tshuva, what happens? What happens? What happens? Nechtom HaMisa, death. Why? Why? If I'm a Benoni, I don't do anything, the skills are equal, status quo, I'm part of, leave it alone. Why, 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 why does failure to do tshuva go ahead and tilt my skills in a negative way? To which the commentaries of the Raman point out, because I will say, what's the whole Yisur of Yomim The whole Yisur Yom Noraim is important because again, Rosh Chodesh Av is the beginning of Yomim Noraim. I say, the whole idea of Yamim Noraim is Dirshu Hashem O. That sometimes the Rebbeinu Olam makes himself available to us in unprecedented ways. Meaning, Yomim Noraim, the Shekhinah comes lamata miyud. Shekhinah comes lamata and when the Hashem comes lamata and makes himself available to us, failure to take advantage of that is in and of itself the commission of chait. I say, isn't that incredible? Failure to take advantage of the shechina coming lamata miyud is in and of itself the commission of an aterah. And therefore, the benoni who does not tuchuva. The benoni who does not take advantage of dirshu hashemimah of The benoni who does not take advantage of the Shekhinah, lamata miyud Nechtam lamisa. So I'll say the gemara makes it sound like an unequivocal ironclad rule. The Shekhinah never comes down lamata except on Chanukah and except on yamim no ra'im. And by the way, if you're a good chassid, you'll find them a car for it on Purim on Pesach and Shavuos, and then he had two Bishvat, and then the other days as well, but otherwise it's a rule. Otherwise, again, it's a rule. But L'maysev, the doesn't come down L'mayat and Yud, except in those times when we really need him to. So the Gemara goes right there. So the Gemara says, "Umosha Allah Elohim, I'm sorry, the second part of the statement was, and Moshe Elohim never went up to the heavens, is that true? Vahaksev, Umosha Allah Kim. Moshe went up to the celestial sphere, it's the same idea, Moshe went up, Moshe went up, but he never came within the tent Tfachim of the Celestials, he was always 10 Tfachim below. Aye, the says that Eliyahu went up in a storm, right, in a, in a wind, in a storm wind to the heavens. Lamatha me asara. Same idea, I, did, I say again. So, yes, you'll find people, human beings, when I say find people, emotionally, yo going up to the heavens. But once again, essentially what's happening over here is they're always lamatha me asara. The same way that when the Shekhinah comes down, the Shekhinah hovers lamala me asara, he comes down. But never within 10 Fakhim of the earth. When human beings go up to the celestial sphere, they go up but they're always below 10 Tfachim of the celestial sphere. Iva v'hoxiv ma'achis p'nei kisei parashaz alov anano, I but you over quotes the passage from Eov that says that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to hold on to the throne of HaKadosh Baruch and the Ribosham spread his cloud over Moshe Rabbeinu. V'am rabitanchum melamin shakaim Ziv m'iziv va'anano v'anano alav, I'm the post and again, the Geber Rabbi Tanuchum says, it means that HaKadosh Baruch spread his shechina over Moshe Rabbeinu. So it sounds like if Moshe Rabbeinu is literally holding on to the throne of HaKadosh Baruch that means he is in the celestial sphere, once again, Lemata Measara. Below 10 I Mikomako Maachiz Pnei Kisei Ksiv, but one second, it says that he's holding on to the throne of Hashem. If he's holding on to the throne of Hashem, how can you say Lemata asara? Ishtarvuve, Ishtarviv, like he say, Ad Asara, Bey. So we'll say, what happened? The Shekhinah lowered his throne to within 10, so that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to touch it. We'll say, do you understand what that means? How profound that is? Along the same thing that we said before, that sometimes the Ribbono Shalom takes the Kisiak kavad and brings it to us. Because so many times, Chodesh Baruch Hu recognizes, I can't make it to him. I I I I cannot make it to him. I can't make it to Shamayim. And I can't make it to the Kisia covet. And I can't make it Lamalomiyud. But it's Baruch, who says, if you can't come to me, if you can't come to me, ultimately again I will come to you. An incredible you saw. We say it um we say it we say it in Davening, in, in Musaf Abdi of the Regalim. We say uh Melech Rachamon Rachim Tov Umetiv, Hidaresh Lanu. Hidaresh Lanu. Right? Shuvah We seek us out. Come back to us. Chesh Baruch Hu, come back to us. You know, more often than not in life, it's not God that's leaving me, it's me that's leaving God. How could I have a chutzpah to ask a Hu to come back to me? Because Jews are filled with chutzpah. And sometimes that chutzpah serves us very well. And I say, Chesh Baruch, you know what? I know. I know I should be making the journey to you, I know I should be finding you. But for whatever the reason, I'm not journeying to you. So I ask Yad Kaddish Baruch Hu, come to me. Come to me, bring the Kisiyach cover to me. And Yad barachu Baruch Hu, amazingly enough, always says, okay. The Gemara goes right there. Bishnah, so we'll say, say therefore again. Stay therefore again, Halokha Remember, this whole Gemara, this whole Gemara was an effort to show how do we know that the minimum height of a dolphin, of a wall, is going to be 10 Tfachim. So the Gemara effectively proved it. Again, remember, it's a three-step argument. Step one, dimensions of the Aron 10 Tfachim. Step two, the Shekhinah spoke from on top of the Aaron. Step three, the Shekhinah never descended Mata miyud. You put all of that together, and you begin to see that the minimum, the minimum height of a wall, which is used to demarcate between spaces, is going to be 10 Tfachim. To which the Gemara says, by the way, let's, let's analyze this a little bit, because we're taking, we kind of took the Gemara's word for granted that what? That the Aaron was ten fucking high. So listen to this. So Bishlama Aaron Tisha Dhsiv Va asu Aron Atsey Shitim, Amasayim Vekiti Arko, Vahmava Khiti Rachbo, Va Amava Khiti Kama. So I know that the Aaron abose is nine fuckim. I don't know if the aron is nine fuckim. When I say the arnabose, I, I mean like the box. The box, how do I know that? Because the Pasik says it. An ammo vachiti, one and a half amos. We'll say an ammo is how much? One ammo? six tfachim, therefore one and a half hours, is says nine tfachim. So the height of the box of the Oron, I know because it is a Pasek. What don't I know? Ela kapores tefach minolan. The interestingly enough, nowhere in the Torah does it discuss the height of the lid. So how do I know that the height of the lid was one tefach? So the tiny Rabbi Hanina, this Rabbi Chanina taught, kala kelim sha'asa and for all the utensils that Moshe B'nei made of the base of Mikdash, the Torah gave us their length, their width, and their height. Kapores, interestingly enough, for the lid of the Aron, midas arka umidas rach Nasna, Torah gave me the length. Torah gave me the width. Midas komasa lo nasna. But for whatever the reason the Torah did not give me the height of the lid. So how do I know the height of the lid of the Aaron? So i will say, so let's so let's assume that the Aaron itself was had no less of a height than the smallest of all the utensils in the Mishkan. What was the smallest of all the utensils? Basi Salom Misgeres Saviv. The Pasek says, you should make a border. Boaz this is a border around the Shulchan, around the Mizbech, make a border. So the Gemara says, Ma, So the Gemara says, Ma tefach? Afkan tefach. So, say, so I would assume that the lid of the aron is no less than the smallest Kli. The smallest Kli was the border, right? Was the border, the Mizgeras, on certain Kalim. The Mizgeras was, the Mizgeras was a Tefach. So, so to the lid must have been a tafak as well. I, v'neilif, mekalim gufayu. I will say, but why not go ahead? You see, the miskeres, the miskeres, ultimately, again, was not really its own, its own, like, real kli. It was more like an accessory to a kli. So, if that's the case. Again, why not learn out the minimum height from a kli itself? To which the Gemara says... To which, the, to which the gemara says, Ultimately, again, the gemara says, because in general, we'll say, you know, we've seen this concept many times, lo which means if you have a choice between two things, one small and one and one larger, in the world of shiurim, better to go ahead and take the smaller shear than the larger shear. Because again, if you go with the smaller shear, by definition. You're always right, because even if it turns out to be the larger share, the larger share includes the smaller share. Mm-hmm. If you choose the larger share, you may end up being wrong. There's a lot of hashkafa in that as well. Because again, in life also sometimes this is a big question, right? In, in, in terms of even of one goals, one's goals and aspirations, right? How, how high should one reach in their goals and aspirations in life? So sometimes, if you reach too high, you run the risk of just creating goals and expectations that are beyond reach. Tafasta maruba lo, tafasta. On the other hand, if you reach too low, you run the risk of never going ahead and maximizing your potential. So when to use, so again, I just want to point out, tafasta meruba lo, tafasta is a din in shi'urim in halacha. But may not be the right hashkafah Sachayim. Sometimes in life you have to go for the Tefasta Merubah. But again, different discussion. Anyway, the Gemara says, therefore, when choosing to go ahead and figure out the height of the lid, the mice again will go based on the misgeras. So the Gemara says, well, aye, but why not Nalif Mitzitz? There's something even smaller than the misgeras, even smaller than the border around the shulchan. So the Gemara says, there's the Tzitz. Both said the Tzitz, remember again, was the plate was the plate, right? The golden plate put on the forehead of the coin god The Sanyo, Sits domekimintas shazar. It was it sits, was a gold plate. The Rachov Beis at its bows. It must say interestingly enough, it was only two finger breaths thick. Two finger breaths thick. And it went from ear to ear. So you know, it was wrapped around the forehead of the coin goddamn beesheetin and it had writing on two lines. On one line it would say Yud Hey Milamala the code Yud Hey Milamala the Kodesh Lamed the Kodesh Lamed Lemata. So I'll we'll say on the first on the top line it would say Yud Hey and then Vav and then Hey the name of Alchadish Baruch and on the second line it would say Kodesh LaHashem. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Elazar Yosi said Aniri Isiv Beromi the Kodesh Alav Kodesh LaHashem B'Shitah Achas. Just as in a set of us, Rabbi Liazor, Rabbi Liazor, Rabbi Yossi says, "I saw the ta- I actually saw the sits in Rome." I will say if you look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Ani Re Baromi, Sheikh Nisula say the Gemara Masakh Smith discusses that Rabbi Eliezer did a did something positive, did something very for the Caesar, and the Caesar offered him reward, offered him the opportunity to go into his storehouse, his treasure house, and it was there that Rabbi Eliezer saw some of the Kalim of the Basamikdash. So Rabbi Eliezer says, I saw the tzitz, and it wasn't written on two lines. It was written on one line. Okay, that's just the detail. So we'll say the Gemara is asking over here. So the tzitz is only two finger breadths thick. So why don't you say that the kapores maybe resembles the tzitz? And maybe the kapores is not one amma of height, but maybe it's only two finger breadths of height, right? So, I'm sorry, one tapach, one tapach of height, but maybe two finger breadths of height, to which the Gemara says, done in climi vein done in climi because we'll say, interestingly enough, the tzitz is not a kli. The tzitz is a tahshit, is an adornment, right? It's really one of the big day kuhuna. So the kapores, the lid, is a kli. So in trying to figure out the height of the kapores, of the of the lid, we're gonna learn out a kli from a kli, so therefore we'd rather compare it ultimately to the misgeres, which is also a kli, and not learn it out from the tzitz, which is not a kli, but rather a tachshit, an adornment. I have an so we'll say one not learn after this and we'll say now what's what's the Zer? The Zer ultimately again was the was was a crown like border, right? It was like another crown like border that was on the that was on the aron, the shulchan, and the Mizveh it's the Amar Mar, Zer, zer mashu. But we'll say that crown which was really it was it was really just a decorative, it was a decorative a, a decorative edging. So why, not, so why not learn it out from there and say that the height of the kapores could be any amount. After all, the Amar Mar, Zer, Mashahu. The Zer abosai was any amount. There was no shear for the Zer, to which the Gemara says, in Kli Mi Kli, Ve Ain't in Kli Mi Heksher Kli. Because we'll say ultimately, again, we'd rather learn out a Kli, the kapores is a Kli. We'd rather learn out from another Kli, the miskeres, and not learn out the kapores from the Zer, the crown, which is what the Gemara calls a Heksher an accessory. See, Rabbeinu say the zare was not a kli. Why was the zer Why was the zer there? Why was it there? Purely decorative. Purely decorative. It served no actual function. So we would rather, a, by that, a kli is saying that it serves a function. The kapores, the lid of the ark, serves a function. So remember again, let's keep our eye on the ball. What are we trying to figure out? The Torah tells me the height of the box of the arm. The height of the box of the arm is what? Wow. Nine tfakim. I know that. I just, I know the length. I know the width of the lid of the kaporas, but I don't know the height. So what the Gemara is suggesting is, okay, pashtos. it's no different than the, the smallest height of another kli in the Beis HaMikdash. So what's the smallest height of another kli? The Gemara suggests the mizgeres, The mizgeres, the border. You must say, why not learn out from the zer? Because the zer is not a kli. The zer is not a kli. The zer was only a decorative trim, served no utilitarian purpose, and therefore cannot learn. you cannot learn out a kli ultimately again from hekshar kli. Iha, give me one second. If that's the case, misgeres, not me kliu. I say, the misgeres, the misgeres, which was a border, is also only an accessory. Right? I will say if you're defining a clea. As something that serves a utilitarian purpose, right? If the kli serves a utilitarian purpose, the misgaras did not serve a utilitarian purpose. The misgaras also the pashtos was just decorative, to which the gemara says, no, no, no. Misgarto le mato. So the gemara says, In, interestingly enough, the mezgeres of osai actually was the border upon which the actual, call it, plank of the shulchan was placed. So, we'll say if you can imagine, I don't, I don't have a picture of this, but I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll find something and send it out. Let's we'll say, so remember again, if you could imagine you have the shulchan, right? You have the table, right? The upon which you put the lechem upon him. So, let's we'll say, so remember again, if you could imagine there is the, we'll call it the plank of the table. What was that placed on? The misgeras was actually the bottom support for the plank of the table. So the miskeras was not purely decorative, but rather again, the miskeras itself was actually something that served utilitarian purpose. So (laughs) hanikha leman do'amr miskerta lemata haissa. El leman dar miskerta lemala haissa mayika lemaymar. but the Gemara says, that's fine, but it's a makhlokes. That's fine according to the opinion that says that the miskeras was actually below. Therefore the miskeras actually served to hold the shulchan together. Therefore it's a kli. Therefore again you could use its one ama of height to go ahead and serve as a proof to the fact that the kaporas was one, I'm sorry, one tefach in height. Was also one tefach in height. However, the Gemara says, according to the opinion who says that the miskeras was above the shulchan, in which case all it was was an accessory, just deco- another decorative border, what is there to say? To which the Gemara says, Michaelimimar, hayach shaklu. Rav the Gemara says, At the end of the day, we want to learn something. The Torah gave measurements by the Aaron, and the Torah gave measurements by the Mizgeras. Therefore, we'll learn out the missing kaporas from the Mizgeras, but not learn out from the tzitz and not out from the zer for which the Torah did not give measurements at all. We'll say it's actually very interesting. The Torah does not give measurements for the tzitz, and the Torah does not give measurements ultimately for the zer. Therefore, we can't learn out the lid of the aron from things which themselves do not have a shear. Rather, we'll go ahead and we'll learn out the shear from the misgeres, which the Torah does give a shear of one tapach for. So the Gemara says. The Gemara says, um, uh, fine. Uh, mi, uh, mi Rafuna, Rafuna, says Rafuna says this from here. How do we, so, we'll say, so again, Rafuna is not switching gears. So first approach, so I'll we'll say, remember again, everybody's agreeing that where do we learn out the minimum height of a wall from? Where do we learn out from? Aron, right? Aron, right? Aron was a, was a height of 10 fachim 10 fachim again, we went through the three-step limud, three-step limud, Haid to the is 10 spoke from on top of the Aron. Shechina never came down onto the earth. Therefore, 10 Tfachim, minimum unit of wall demarcation. Beautiful. Now the universe says, by the way, how do you know the Aron was 10 Tfachim? Specifically, I know the Ark, the box of the Ark was 9 Tfachim. How do you know that the lid was 1 tapach? So we we'll say, first approach was, we learn out the lid from the Misgeras. From the Misgeras, the Miskaris, which was the border around the Shulchan, was one tepach. That's like the minimum dimensions of the height of a Kli. So the Miskaris was one tepach. We learn out there for the height, the unnamed height of the of the arrow was also one tepach. Good. That's approach one. Approach two. Rafuna takes another approach. And Rafuna says, El Pneak Apores Kedma. So Bozey the Posig says, this is actually incredible. Back to Yuma. This is by the Avodah of Yom Kippur. By the Avodah of Yom Kippur. So the Torah says, The Torah says, The coin will take the Damah Par and he will go ahead and sprinkle it onto the face of the kapores, The face of the kapores, The face of the lid of the Aron. So the Gemara says, Interesting that it calls the top of the Aron a face. Vein ponim pachos mitavach. And I was there is no such thing as a face, of right, a human face, that is less than one Tafach in height. Interesting limud, Right? So once it's calling the top of the aron, the lid of an aron, a face, there is no human face that's less than a Tafach in height. says talking about the face of a Yuchni. was a, a, a humongous bird. A humongous bird. So he's talking about the face of like a bayuchni bird, which was the bayuchni, which was huge. So maybe the top of the arm was actually much taller. Again, oh. tafasta meruba lo tafasta. No, come on, it doesn't make sense, right? If you go, you can't go for that. When, when you have an unknown shear, you cannot go ahead and seize upon the largest shear. I the gemara says tafasta lo tafasta, So the zuta Maybe it's about the face of a very small bird. So maybe again, it's even much less than a Tavach. <clears throat> it says over here to the face of the lid. And it says over there, right, it says in Bereshach, Ultimately, I say this is by the this is by the episode of Yaakov and Aesov by the Bahura, May's Pine Yitzhakoviv, mi Mipanim Shamala, Thsiv, Kira. Sorry. So therefore I get both say it's a human face. So Rafuna says makes it a shabov pine pine, kapores, Yitzchak aviv that just like a human face is never less than one tefach in height, so to the lid of the Aron is one Tefach in height. This is Raphun Rabosei. I v'neilif mipanim shalmalo. Why not say it resembles the face of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pine I saw like that. The, the face of HaKadosh Baruch Hu when I was appeased. So Rabosei, maybe it's the face of God. And how, how big is the face of God? How big is the face of God? Big. Right? Big. I don't know how big it is. But it's certainly more than a tefach. Again, say once again, Tafasta meruba lo Tafasta. Taf, right? Muat mm-hmm. Tafasta. Tafasta muat Tafasta. But once again, what the Gemara saying over here is, you know, when you have these unknown shi'urin, right? We, we don't know. But when I have a choice of comparing it to something small versus comparing it to something large, I'll go with the small rather than the large. I have an aleph mikruv. So we'll say, so here's what's interesting. Why not learn it out from the face of the kruvim themselves? Remember again, I both say perched, on top of the Aron were these two cherub-like figures, these two kruvim. So why not learn out the height? So here's what I know about, said. The fact that the Torah goes out and talks about the Pnei kapores, the face of the Kaporas, rafuna, is saying, you see from here, that the height of the Aron is like the height of a face. Rafuna is suggesting, based on the exertion of Pnei kapores. To penei tzchakaviv, that the height of the is like the height of a human face, and the height of a human face is no less than one tefach. To which the gemara says, well, maybe it's the face of the kruvim. Maybe it's the face of the kruvim. To which the gemara says, vneiluf mikruv. Why not learn from the face of the kruvim? D'chiv ela Right, by the Kapor should be the face of the kruvim. Omravacharayakov gemiri ein penei kruvim pechusem itavach. And yet we learned that what Rabosei, the face of the kruvim was no less than one tefach. So it's a pretty good raya. The kruvim and the kruvim are perched right on top of the aron. So why not learn out pene pene panim panim from the face of the kruvim? And the kruvim again were no less than one tefach. To which the Gemara says, "Enochinami, Rafuna nami mihacha gamir." Rafuna also learned it out from here. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here. Rashi says now. Rashi suggests. Rashi suggests as follows. Ein e Rashi says, I'm sorry, we have to get into Rashi. So Rav could also learn from the Kruvim. So we we'll say, apparently, Rav has a double limud. He learns out p'nei p'nei g'zer from Yitzchak Avinu, right? Which tells us a human face is no less than one tefach, and he could also learn it out from the Kruvim because according to at least one opinion, the face of the Kruvim was not less than a tefach as well. So we we'll say, the Gemara says, by the way, so therefore, for both say, I just want to point out Two different approaches as to how to learn out the thickness of the lid. First approach says we learn out the one, not thickness, height. The one height ama of the lid from the misgeras. Second approach says we learn out the one height, the one height of the lid from where? Pnei. Just like a human face or the face of the Kruvim was not less than a tafakh, so too again the height of the arm was not less than a tafakh as well. Incredible. Umay Kruv. By the way, the Gemara talks about the Kruvim. What's a Kruv? Am Rabbi Avok Kiravya. The Kruvim, Rabbi will looked like young children. Shekin be Babel, Chorin Li Yenuka Raviyah. Because we will say, in Babel, they used to call young children ravya. So it was like, quite beautiful. So the Kruvim looked like two young children, you know, If the Kruvim looked like two male children, or like a little boy and a little girl. But anyway, according to the Gemara, it says over here that the Kruven were childlike figures. So I'll say that's the case. The Gemara here quotes the Pasuk in Yecheskel, which speaks about, again, the esoteric vision of Yecheskel with the throne with multiple faces, the chariot with multiple faces. It says one face was a cruv and one face was a person. I, but you just said before that a cruv is a human being. Hainus, the two which thing Hainu Hainu Adam, ape zute. One looked like a child, one looked like an adult. Okay? Umimai, so I will say fine. So therefore, again, I say we have successfully established, we have successfully established that the height of the Aron was 10 tvachim. Again, remember this whole time, the first nine, the Torah says explicitly, because the Torah tells us that the box of the Aron was one and a half hours, one and a half hours is nine Tfachim. This whole time, this whole discussion was about ascertaining that the height of the lid was one Tfach. So again, two approaches to solidifying that truth, either first approach, we equate the lid with the misgeras. The misgeras, which was the smallest kli in the base. HaMikdash, had a height of one tefach. Therefore, again, the height of the lid of the urn is one tefach as well. Or approach number two, penea kapores. The Torah speaks out the face of the lid. Minimum height of a face is one tefach. Good. So we'll say, now that we know that, minimum therefore again, and minimum height of a wall is ten tefachim. To which the Gama says something very interesting. U'mimai, dechalala asara bar She will say, listen to this. Up until this, um, right? we're assuming, Abbas, then we speak about that the minimum height of a sukkah is ten fachim. So we'll say, what does that minimum height represent? The airspace independent of the s'chach. In other words, in order, for the, in order for a sukkah that is ten fachim height to be kosher, what has to happen? It's ten fachim of unobstructed airspace, and the schach sits on top of that. But if the schach is within the 10 Tfachim, what's the halacha? What's the halachah? The sukkah is possible. To which the universe says, how do you know that? Umimai, dechalola asorah bar misichachah. How do you know that the 10 Tfachim is 10 Tfachim independent of the schach? Maybe, ima, bahadeh Maybe I will say, 10 Tfachim means 10 Tfachim, and what? The schar could be within that ten tefachim as well, to which the gemara says, "Ela mi base olamim gomer." We learn it out from the base amikdash. The sib, the abayis asher banu shalom la Hashem, shishim ama arko, the esrim ama kurachbo, u'shlosim ama komaso. Because of us, like the pasuk says that the house that Shlom Amalek built was sixty amos in length, twenty amos in width, and thirty amos in height. We're going to be focusing on the height over here, right? 30 amos in height, Uksiv, and the Pasuk says, komas ha-kruv eser ba amo. the Pasuk says that the kruv was 10 amos. there was I know you're thinking of this stuff. kruv 10 amos, what are you talking about? Shlomo constructed additional kruvim. This is not referring to here the kruvim that sat on top of the aron. This is talking about additional cherub-like figures that Shlomo HaMelech fashioned for the holy of holies, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So the basic says, Kruv HaEcher Eser ba-amo. One Kruv was 10 Amos tall. Bechina Kruv HaSheni. And ultimately, again, it says the second Kruv as well. Shlomo HaMelech made two additional Kruvim to be sitting or to be standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, each one measuring 10 Amos. So here's a chapter to remember. What's the height of the base of Mikdosh? What's the height of the base of Mikdash? 30 Amos. Height of the Kruv? Height of the Kruv? Ten amas, okay. Now watch the Tanya. We learned in the base olamim kruvim b'shlish in the base of of us, turns out that what that the kruvim stood at one third of the height of the base of I say again, not, no rocket science. I'm not good at math, but this one's pretty straightforward, All right? We've got thirty amas of height in the base mikdash, Ten amah high kruv. The kruv stands at one third of the height of the mikdash. So kruvim b'shlish umdin. So the Gemara says, "Mishkan nami kruvim b'shlish shabayis So what said, we can extrapolate from this that also the kruvim in the mishkan. Then I will say, how many kruvim were there in the mishkan? How many kruvim in the mishkan? Only two. Where were they? Where were they situated? On top of the aron. So just like the kruvim, the new kruvim that Shlomo built in the mikdash sat at one third of the height of the mikdash. So to the kruvim in the mishkan sat at, or were perched at one-third height as well. So watch this. Mishkan kamahavi. So we'll say in the Mishkan, how were the Kurum situated? Eser Amos, there at Eser Amos, right? How tall was the Mishkan? Eser Amos or So I will say now, so remember again, so the Mishkan itself, the Mishkan itself was 10 Amos tall. How do we know that? We'll say again, because the us that the planks, which comprised the wall of the Mishkan, we're ten amos tall. Watch, so they say. Uh, so I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. Mishkal So again, ten amos is how many tefachim? How many tfachin? Sixty. Sixty. So the Gemara says. So what would be one third of sixty tefachim? Twenty. Twenty tefachim. So the Gemara says. So so tells say Kamahavi as Pushri dal asara de Aron So take away, take away ten tfakhim, which represents the Aron and the lid. Pasha asara. Ultimately, again, we are what we're dealing. Therefore, with what ten tefachim, which I will say tells you that what the kruvim in the in the Mishkan took up a space of 10 Tfachim. So everybody will say, interestingly enough, the Aaron was 10 Tfachim, the Kruvim themselves were 10 Tfachim as well. Look, Siv, V'hayu ha-Kruvim, Parsekin ha-Fayim, Lemala, Sochechin be ala Kapores. And will say, what does the passage, everybody will say, watch this. It says that the Kruvim, Parsekin ha had extended wings, Lemala, extended above, Sochechin be Literally, again, covering with their wings. Ala kaporis. On the kaporis. Kari rachmana me asara. People say, isn't this incredible? Isn't this absolutely incredible? So watch what we have over happening in We learn the minimum height of a wall of a sukkah. How much? How much? Minimum height of a wall. Yeah, Tenth vachem. Where do I learn that from? The ark. Now the Gemara says, but how do you know, how do you know that the schach, has to be above the tent fachim. Maybe the schach could be within the tent to which the Gemara said, say, how high, how tall were the crew of them perched on top of the earth? How tall were they? Yeah. Tent And the Torah says, but their wings were extended upwards. And how does the Torah refer to their wings? How does it refer to their wings? Sochachin yeah. fehem. So what do you see here? will say, the wings were perched above the tent fachim. So what do you see from here? That the schach has to be above the tent fachim. So right, the schach can't be, because it wasn't because the wings themselves, the wings themselves were perched above the tent fachim, the Torah calls their wings schach. So from here you learn that schach can't be besoch yod, has to be lemalim So So it was it's such a dramatic limon? The entire sukkah, we we'll Is learned from the aron. The minimum height of the wall is learned from the box of the aron itself, and the notion that the schach cannot be within yud is learned from the kruvim. What say? Isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? I would assume if there was more caffeine in the coffee, you would mamish be falling off. Ari, did you say you switched to Starbucks? Did Ari leave? Uh, Did he left? He's not here. (laughs) Oh, he's just, <laughs> okay, right. so so again, I just want to point out, isn't this absolutely incredible? So the, which by the way, we don't have time for it now, but that the entire sukkah is from the Aron. The entire sukkah is from the Aron. I will say, that's why when we, remember again, when we speak about the idea, like the Zohar says, that entering into the sukkah is entering in selah Dehemenusah. Entering into the protective shadow, the protective embrace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. now I understand it. Because the entire sukkah is rooted in the Aron, right? The minimum height of the wall is the minimum height of the actual box of the Aron. The din of the schach, the idea that the schach cannot be miyud but has to be again at 10 or above, is Mamish learned out from the Kruvin. Incredible, incredible, let's just finish. So the Gemara says... So the Gemara says, "Mimai." Mm-hmm. Alright, we'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up Emiratz Hashem again. We're not finished. I'm kind of leaving you off in the middle. Alright, one more line. Mimai, Ah, uh, no, we'll stop. We'll stop. Uh, so we'll stop. We will pick up Emiratz Hashem because the Gemara is just going to ask. The Gemara's just going to ask. How do you know how the wings themselves were actually situated? Emiratz Hashem, we'll continue with that. What so will say? Shkoyah. Also, just a reminder, this morning, we have a uh, beginning after davening, a little kollel boker, an opportunity for those who have the time to spend a few moments in Meirat HaShem, staying in the base marriage and learning a little bit. Those who want to learn by Chavrusa, learn by ourselves. also. Rabbi Reuben Venick is here beginning a little haloha Kabura immediately following davening. There'll also be a, a small breakfast for anyone who wants to say Monday through Thursday, Mirat HaShem. To learn, uh, to the
1: stock can below, and okay. Right so as long as it's Hamas, to will make
0: myself. So, we're already talking about the stock and set the so why is it the same thing today? The stock comes down below 10 and then you can it to yesterday, the stock set the measurement. And no, you've already said that yesterday. Right. If Ska comes within you, yeah. yeah. it's right. yeah. 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 the sukkah. The whole sukkah is on If you take the 20-on, yeah. yeah. if your sukkah is 21-on, okay, and the sukkah comes down to 20-on, yeah. yeah. provided everything is okay, then the sukkah is okay, right? So yeah. it yeah. already sets the bottom limit as being in the, uh, the sukkah. Uh, okay. So today hey, do we already learn, why do we have to go through this whole thing? Okay. We already learned out that the sukkah really sets the bottom limit of the and therefore, what? You have to learn from the proof that it's Because you learned it yesterday. I hear it. I think I hear think because I think I, mean, I, I would say uh, so yesterday was a statement. I didn't know it was true. Yeah. But they didn't bring this whole proof yeah. I, I, But okay, but you know, that, but that's, not thing, that's not a question. Uh, you know, that happens all the time. I think yesterday's statement is true because of this. Why not quote it yesterday? Yeah. I, I, back here back today to yesterday. i I hear that I hear it